All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Saskatchewan, where is Rama, Saskatchewan, Barry? Don't blink because you'll pass it. <laughs> about two and a half hours uh, straight east of Saskatoon. Okay. And uh, like, is it a hamlet? Like, how many people are in yeah, Rama? Yeah, it's like I said, when you, when you drive by... You blink and you'll miss it. Okay, so it's, it's small. Where did you play your minor hockey then? Just around Rama. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you have a small barn in Rama. So does Rama have an arena? Uh, we used to. Yeah. Oh, you, but no, no, not anymore. Yeah, no, not anymore. So it what? Burnt down years ago. Okay. So where would be like the closest place to play then for for people who are from there? Uh, Inverney, oh. Wadena. Wadena. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, now you played minor. At what point did you move up to you know playing in a bigger market? At what age? Uh, it would have been later on. Uh, it was it's funny how it worked because I didn't even realize that I was good enough to play hockey, and then I kept playing, and then I kept getting better, and okay. all of a sudden you know you play a little senior and play a few more places, and then all oh, you realize that hey I might have a chance. So, you know, and you're obviously a big guy, right? 6'3", uh, when you play. Like, now, what was your playing weight when you played? About 210. 210, okay. Yeah. And, uh, like, a, a good shape. People, they can see him on uh, online. Uh, Bear's a pretty big dude. Um, so, was size, like, you know, were, were you always a physical player growing up as a kid, or did that something you kind of grew into? Yeah, it was something I grew into. Uh, definitely in the beginning, like playing junior and that, I was, uh, <laughs> I didn't do a whole lot of scrap and okay. stuff like that. And then once I actually got in a fight and realized that, hey, I can do this. So it just continued from there, so to speak. So your first fight was kind of more like, like 
Just out of okay, I'm I'm fighting here. There's a line brawl or something. I got to protect myself. How to come about? Like what? What made you real? Oh, okay, I'm all right at this. Yeah, it was just a skirmish, and I kind of grabbed one of the guys, and he started chucking. So I started chucking back, and lo and behold, uh, I put him down. So then I go, okay, well, I guess I can do this. Oh wow! No, how, how nervous? Like when you think back about it. Was there nerves at all for you, like, that first time? Or, like, were you fighting scared? Or was it just it happened so quick you don't have time to be scared? Uh, I, I think you're always fighting a little scared. I mean, if you're not scared, you're probably in trouble, in my opinion. But okay. it, it, for me, it was... I definitely was was fighting scared, especially in the early years, just getting that experience. I mean, and as I kept going, as I kept fighting more, you didn't really think about it. You just went out and did it. So now you, of course, um, you know, you played uh, in Weyburn. Uh, yeah. You played in Yorkton uh, in, the, in the SJHL. You played there for a few years. You know, like, you're a point-of-game player. Like, you're an offensive guy, like, like a lot of players in junior. And then you get to the higher levels, and not everybody can be an offensive player anymore. Like, there's only so much ice time. But you also played four games for the University of Regina. What happened? Like, how do you only play? You played four games in the in the eight, eight. Did you get injured? No, no. It's just one of those things. You went to school, and, and I realized that it wasn't for me. So I, I basically... So you played four games and quit? Basically, yes. And so you didn't play hockey that year at all? No. So no. you took hockey off while you were in university. What were you taking? Uh, actually, I, I didn't. I, I didn't play university. I just went back and I went to work. Was, university wasn't for oh, university at was, the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, and then so so you're out there, you're working. How did you get? And then, then so you didn't play. You played four games of hockey in 80, 88, 89. Were you thinking you were done hockey at that point? Well, if you go back to 87, 88 with Terriers, I had uh, I had a couple of scholarships. So Michigan State had a full ride. Uh, also had a full ride to Anchorage, Fairbanks. And, you know, back then you didn't realize school. I mean, at least I didn't, family didn't, and just didn't take that avenue. Really? So, so you tur- you had an offer to get a full scholarship in NCAA and said it's not for Yeah, me. exactly. Now, is that because... Um, were you were you a Saskatchewan guy who's like, man, I don't want to go to the states? Like, you know, were, were your parents like, we don't think this is good? Kind of take us through that. If you look back on it, was it the right decision, or who knows? Like, you can't play what ifs. But did you ever have any regrets of not going NCAA? Yeah, I mean, that probably would be one thing that that I look back now. I mean, that that this day and age, yeah, if you get that opportunity <laughs> to go play NCAA, absolutely take. You get a full ride, you get an education. I mean, it's. It's the way to go, I think, at this day and age, because you get hurt and your career can be done as well. At least you have your education to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so so you didn't go there. So you bypassed to go to NCAA and decided to go play in the – back then it was East Coast Hockey League. Uh, you, yeah, and you, you came in late again. You only played, you know, like five games there. In the, like it, I'm looking. You played nine games over like a, 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 th- a three-year span where you didn't play much hockey. At all, like were you playing men? Like were you playing men's league? Yeah, I was playing men's league, uh, and then I was actually in in Winnipeg at St Andrews getting my uh, private pilot's license, so I was going to be a pilot. Really? So then, then I came here and I went to the international, and I started on my uh, on my commercial to get my commercial rating, and then uh, my brother actually uh, told me about uh, Prendergast Camp at uh, at Winterburn. Okay, so. Paid the money to go in, and that's where all the tough guys came and anybody who maybe fell through the cracks back in those days. Okay. So I went there, and I ended up uh, just obviously fighting a lot there. 
And then uh, actually I got picked up by the Oilers. So I went to the Oilers camp okay. that year. First two days were unbelievable. I was, I was like a wrecking ball. Just fighting. Everything was great. I didn't realize how hard you have to train. Right? I had no idea. I just basically went there and then went to camp right away. So after that second day, well, the lactic acid built up. I, I couldn't even skate. So at that point, they sent me down to the East Coast League, and then yeah. that's where I ended up at uh, Raleigh. So, yeah, you went to the Raleigh Ice Caps. Yeah. yeah, you played 46 games. You had, uh, you had 10 goals, 28 points, right? To also 229 PIMS. And, uh, but then, the, so this is like, this is amazing to me, Barry. Here's a guy who played, you played four games in 1988, 89. Then you played, uh, five games in, in 89, 90 in, uh, for Virginia in the ACHL. Then, of course, uh, you come to that summer camp. So now it's the 91, the summer of 91, fall of 91, 92. You have played a grand total of nine games in three years. You go to the East Coast League. The yeah. following season, you're in the American League and you're in the NHL with the Hartford Whalers in 1992, 1993. Uh, you know, I, I looked it up. Uh, you played for the Whalers. You didn't get in a tilt in, in your in your time in in Hartford, but like that's a pretty. You know, when you look back on it, like that's kind of a crazy. Hey, where'd you play last? Well, I didn't really play last year. Where'd you play the year before? Well, I didn't really play the year before. And then, you know, you're in the NHL. Like, uh, it, and I know you you had some injuries that year with Hartford and and, and Springfield, but how like. Like, how does a guy do that? Like, how'd you learn to train? So who helped you train so you didn't have the lactic acid buildup that you could play? Uh, just buddies that over the years that I would go out. Now, Daryl Duke went, uh, Daryl Duke boxing. That okay. was, oh, that yeah. was a big one. I'm, I mean, if you want to get in shape, go boxing. There's no doubt about that. It'll take you to another level. Oh, for sure. Uh, Barry Nykar, uh joins us, of course. Uh, former NHLer, played in the American League, the IHL, uh, played, you know, four games for University of Regina and then CIAU, uh, played in the ECHL. You know, it's quite the, like, it's quite the journey, man. You played in a lot of different places. So kind of take me back. So, you know, you were a young guy. You weren't really sure. You turned down an NCAA scholarship, two of them. Uh, and then you end up a few years later, you're in rally. Uh, how was and you scored four goals in four playoff games? I should point out too. So you weren't just a fighter, but um, tell me about kind of life as learning to be a professional in the ECHL because the ECHL in the early nineties, man, like that was a tough league. Like yeah. that was there's no pretenders in the ECHL. No, no, you could not pretend there. I mean, every team probably had at least three, sometimes four guys. So. You had your pick. There was always somebody lining up, especially back then, because you wanted to keep get, getting your level up to a higher level, right? So, and, and if you didn't do it, well, you weren't going anywhere. So, but you, you know, you wanted to play too, because you got to be able to skate. So you got to balance that out. So you play in the ECHL, and then the next year, obviously, you did something right, because now you're promoted. So you were with the orders, but then you signed with Hartford's organization. How'd that come about? Uh, well, I went to camp uh, as a walk-on. <clears throat> And uh, about two weeks after camp started, actually, Brian Burke was the GM back then. Okay. So Berkey calls me in the room and says, uh, hey, Bear, do you know why we're going to sign you? And of course, I'm this young kid, and I go, well, I don't know. And he basically said, well, if we were in the back alley, walking down, there was 10 guys that wanted to scrap, but I'd want you by my side. So we're going to sign you. Okay. So then he ends up taking it to the next level. He asked me, uh, who's my agent? So I told him who my agent was, how much he uh, he actually cost, and Berkey goes, no way. Give me his name and number. So he gave him the number, and he basically ran that agent out of town. 
<laughs> Seriously. Because the agent, because you were kind of naive. You didn't know what the agent was exactly. charging you way too much. Exactly. He just got it from a buddy. Okay. Uh, yeah. And he, and he obviously wasn't there for you. He was looking to just make some cash off you by doing not much. So, exactly. So then did you and Burke just negotiate a contract, the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. And then he hooked me up with uh, Jay Grossman, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he was my agent. So, so he's that, your agent. To, yeah. Uh, and back then there was three-way deals, right? You could sign NHL, AHL, and the ECHL. Yes. That's, that's no longer anymore. Yeah. Now it's just a, a two-way deal. Um, so you go to Springfield. Where were you when you got the call that you were coming to Hartford? Well, it was it was actually well I would have been in in Raleigh that and then my uh, that coach from back then Kurt Klein endorsed actually okay. called me up and said hey got you uh, got you a tryout no 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 I meant when you got oh, like from you're in Springfield you're playing the American League and they're and they're recalling you to come play in Hartford you're like you're getting the call up to the show yes yeah yeah that was in uh, against the Islanders uh, so they got a limo for me and couple hour drive and. Uh, Drove down to uh, to New York and played that night. So you'd mentioned, you know, like your family, your parents. You didn't really. You even said as a kid, like I didn't even know I was good at hockey until you know a certain age. So when that, when all this is happening, how were your parents through all this? Was this kind of like what the hell is going on, Barry? Like, do you call them and say, "Hey guys, I'm like, was it a shock to you that you're going to Hartford? Like, was it a celebration for the family? How did that go when when you have to call your parents and say, "Hey, I got to call. Like, I'm going to the NHL. Like, I'm actually going to play in the NHL." Yeah, well, absolutely. It was a celebration. Uh, I was just sad that my dad never got to see it because he yeah. passed away in 85. And uh, he was a big part, a big integral part of, of me even getting there. Uh, my mom was not a big fan, like most mothers. Right? They don't want to see <laughs> Especially because of, you're fighting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. They don't want to see that. So definitely um, my mom was not a big fan of that. No, what, now, your brother, though, brother had to be uh, pretty jacked up, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got six brothers. and What? I'm the baby of... Uh, You're the youngest uh, of six. Yeah, nine in total, but... Yeah. Holy jeez. So we must have had to take a few lumps as the oh, youngest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. They made they made me tougher growing up. For yeah. Sure. So you're in Hartford for a bit. That you know, and you're in the American League, and like a lot of guys, like getting to the NHL is one thing, but staying in the NHL it's a lot harder, right? So then you're up and down, and then you end up with the, with the Calgary Flames uh, organization for a while. And uh, you get to the Flames. That's when you have your first tilt. I think it was against Shane Churla, if, if I'm not mistaken, doing my research. But that year with the Flames AHL franchise, Barry, you played 65 games in St. John. Yeah. And you had 491 PIMs. Like, was that where you were like, okay, it, like Brian Burke had told you, hey, this is why we're signing you. So you kind of know what your role is. Yeah, absolutely. Was that the year where you say, okay, if I'm going to do this... I got to be the best at it to see if I can get a call. Like 491 pims, dude. Like that is a lot of fights. Excuse me. Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it was uh, two a game. And then, of course, if oh. you fought the third time back then, if I remember right, you, you got ejected, right? How was it in St. John? Like, because that's a hot, they love hockey. Yeah, they no, love, like you must, you must have been a pretty big fan favorite in St. John that year. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. I mean, anywhere you go and, and, and you scrap. I mean, the fans love you, right? It's just one of those things. I never really thought about it. I just went out and did it. And I thought, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to have to do it now. And then, like I said, back then, there were so many guys that, that wanted to fight, right? So yeah. then I broke Rob Ray's record. 
that year, and then lo and behold, next year I believe Dennis Bond became yes, broke it again. He did. He yeah. got a few. I, I remember people talking about because he got a lot of ten minute misconducts, and so there was a little bit of controversy about how the record was broken. If my memory is is correct on that, I remember reading. I've even talked to some guys about it. Uh, a few guys are actually were your teammates at the time, saying, "Oh yeah, but he got a got a lot of bonus tens there, just trying to get to the record." So it's you know it's kind of funny though. Like guys took it as a like as a pretty big badge of honor, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely it was. Now, we'll take a break because I want to come back and talk about the mindset of a, of a take. I want to talk about your pilot license just because we were talking about pilots uh, earlier on in the show. And then moving eventually to to London and then in Nottingham. Uh, Barry Nyker, of course, uh, played in the SJ, then uh, briefly in CIU. Almost barely played hockey for a few years, then uh, uh, gets to the Brander Gas Camp out at the, Oh, man, that old rink. God, that was a dump of a rink on Oh, it was cold. But, it- oh, so fun, though. Like... Uh, most people out there at least played men's league there at some point. It's uh, the old Winterburn Arena. It's crazy. And uh, I kind of got your career. We got uh, one of your former teammates uh, goes by the name uh, Nooch and Camrose. Guys, I played with Barry and Weyburn in 87. I don't remember him fighting once. Great guy, though. Uh, so you weren't a fighter in junior hockey at all. It just kind of shows that you, you know, I, I think uh, like you were willing to do it, which is half the battle. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I won't mention names, but there was a coach back in the back in the day, and uh, I ended up getting a goal. It actually went off my head, if you can believe it. He come back to the bench and gives me the tap and goes, "You're you're not here to score goals." He actually said that. He to actually you. said that. Yeah. When you were in minor pro. Yeah. Uh, did he last long? Uh, actually, yeah, he's he lasted a long time. Wow, it's <laughs> uh, it's not ideal. Now, um. The uh, I was looking at your numbers and we were talking about yeah you had the injury in uh, in in Hartford um, and and when you were with right after you signed a real freak injury and and almost derailed you for a year and a half. Yeah, I was in a fight with uh, Glenn Featherstone and uh, caught him with one. He was going down, so I was going down with him, and then one of uh, their players came cross checked me from behind, so I went down on top of him, put my hand out, and then I it. It just felt like a knife cut, but I got all five tendons severed, and blood was going everywhere. Of course, on, on the top and, of your yeah, on right, the top of your right hand, right there. And uh, yeah, so of course the guys came in right away and uh, ended up uh, ended up in Providence, and that's where they basically that's where they stitched me up. So then rehab for that year, and it was yeah, it was lots like, of fun. Like. How much? Because like, you were showing me, like your wrist doesn't really bend much. No, not not, not all the way. Yeah. yeah, it's probably thirty to maybe forty percent deficiency. So did it? How? And that was early in your career. So did it? Like, was it sore when you fought afterwards? Like, was yeah. it sore when you played? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was sore when I played, but it, it definitely was when I fought. Uh, and of course. When I first got back, those first couple of fights, everything was a little tentative. I was, you know, a little bit, a sh- little bit shy. That you didn't want to get it hurt. I, of course, I had to get it taped up. But uh, yeah, and then after after a year and a half went by and kept scrapping, and all of a sudden it just it was it was fine, right? I, you, you don't even think about it. Yeah, and you, know, you played a lot of years in the American League. You played in the IHL, which, of course, uh, you know, for any of our younger listeners, uh, the International Hockey League, it was it was like it was an independent league. Really, it was it was like the AHL, but a lot of people thought it was a little bit better, a little bit more talent in the eye. You played in both 
at the same time. Well, not the same time, of course, but, you know, crossing over. Yeah. How, how would you rate the IHL to the AHL, and what was the biggest difference? Well, it was very, very comparable, but except you had a lot older players. Like, the guys that were older, that knew that they might be on their way out was their last kick of the cat, would usually go to the IHL. Okay. And, was it, and did you get a little bit more money in the I? Is that Yeah, and the I paid a little more, too, yeah. as well, yeah. So you're there. Then you went to the Ducks uh, for a few seasons, uh, played in their farm team. Had a pretty good year in Cincinnati, uh, you know, when you had the uh, the 10 goals, 24 points, uh, 295 penalty minutes. So you weren't just a guy who was, you know, just slugging out doing nothing. Like, you got to play, right? Because we saw in the 90s in the NHL anyway, and a little bit in the early 2000s where they would bring the tough guys, but all they would do is play like three or four minutes and fight, right? Like, it's hard enough to do the job, Barry, but it – like. The, would you could do you think you could have done that because when you fought you at least have to play a lot right like you're scoring double digit goals almost every year that like you weren't just a guy who f- played four minutes a night yeah no it was it it definitely helped because when you're out there and, you, and you're playing I mean later on in the career obviously you didn't play as much when levels you go up you play less and less and it, it, it's definitely harder when when you're playing the game you're involved like yeah. you're involved you feel like you're part of the team and it just you go out and do what you do right. So Jay Grossman became your, your agent after uh, Brian Burke got rid of your shysty agent. <laughs> uh, and so you finished playing in North America in Springfield in 98-99. In then you end up going, you play for London in the BISL, uh, the, uh, you know, the, in the England Elite League. You played there and then you played in Nottingham with the Panthers your final three years. How, who got you over to England? Uh, was that just, I want to travel the world? There was an opportunity to kind of take me through that decision. Yeah, the opportunity came up. So it was just a chance. So I went down there and, and it was, it was a nice change too. Cause it mean, didn't have to fight as much. And I was kind of getting older and it was at that time where, okay, do I really want to have to, to fight this much and probably not get a shot? Cause I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody else is, is on a one way contract and you're on a two way, now it's different, but back then you, you were destined for the minors. Yeah, yeah. So you go to tell me how was hockey in the BISL? What? Uh, well, how? What was the quality of play over there? Actually, you know what? It was it was actually really good. I, I probably compared to the A. I'd say probably a little less. Okay, like not as good, but I mean there was quality players. I mean you. Like Sheffield Steelers, and, and that we had that brawl. I mean, they had Dennis Fial. I mean, there was a lot of tough guys. My first year there wasn't in, when I was with London. Chris McSorley was the coach. Okay, uh, and there wasn't a lot. But then the last three years, there was guys. I mean, Dodie Wood. I mean, you had all kinds of guys. Dennis Fial. All the guys were coming in. Just to, and it, it, it's a great way to see the world, no. see a different part of the world, and uh, and play hockey at the same time. Well, I know in Europe, and I, I talked about this. Uh, the other day in our show, like I think at times as North Americans, as the fans were a lot more subdued and just like the singing, the chanting, like the, the atmosphere in the games. How was it for you? Like, you know, you played the majority of those three years in, in Nottingham and you were, an, you were associate captain for the final two years. You guys had a pretty good run uh, your final year there. I think you went to the to the. Uh, to the final or semifinal, even the final. Um, how like your rink was it about eight thousand, ten thousand? Yeah. How big was it? Yeah, it was. It was probably the best rink in in England. It was a newer one, and uh, like I said, yeah, it was about eighty five, eighty five hundred to nine thousand. And, and the fans were just unbelievable. Like they were, they loved their hockey and they loved their fighting. They they just loved it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the uh, and, and like they would chant like it's so like as you played in the American League, you played in the NHL. Like it's a different. I remember watching my brother, um, not my brother, a buddy of mine in Cologne, Germany, and I was blown. Like I don't speak German, of course, so they're singing all these songs. I have no idea what they're singing, but you're just like like you get caught up in the 
atmosphere a little bit. Was it was it easier at times to play when the building was so amped up all the yeah, time? Yeah, absolutely it was because you you get fired up, the adrenaline gets going, and then you just you know you just basically do what you do, go out and play, and you don't even think about it. And then if a, a fight happens to occur, well, so be it. Now you, you mentioned you kind of get to experience the world and life. Um, you like a beer? How was uh, how are the pubs in England when you were playing there? Like uh, the pubs were great, except you had to you had to bend down to get in. <laughs> they were, the doors were, were were pretty 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 low, <laughs> yeah. especially in the in the oldest uh, yeah, uh, yeah. buildings. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, it truly is. Yeah, like there's so much history over there. Like what was so, like what was some of the cool things you got to see off of the ice when you were playing in? Well, the the castles. Just, you know what. Going out into the countryside, like you go out into the countryside and you see all the pubs and, and the churches and the castles and stuff like that. It's just, it's just truly amazing. Like, like that this stuff is here, right? Was was it different? You mentioned you were older in your career. Was it more fun in a way because was there less stress? Maybe that's a better way to put that question. Yeah, when I went over to to England, there was less stress for sure. I mean, in North America, you know, it's just. Like all the guys tell you, or, or most of the guys anyway, that you know, a lot of sleepless nights because you know you're gonna have to scrap a tough guy, and it's just it's just natural. I mean, just it, I know for me it, it was always tough. It, you would always think about it, and a lot of times you couldn't sleep. But uh, yeah, you just you know, persevered and then moved on. Who was your favorite coach that you had? Well, Butch Goring come to mind with the Utah Grizzlies. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, who else? Uh, Paul Holmgren, Hartford. Yeah. What, well. what made Butch a good coach? Uh, tactical. He's just really tactical, and he, and he could he could get the guys fired up. So whatever he wanted to get done, like get the guys motivated. Like he was a like, great motivator. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe kind of like what was your best strengths as a player? Uh, probably more so defensively, and uh, obviously fighting. Yeah, was part of it, but yeah, skating. I, I can always. I was always one of the fastest skaters, yeah. but uh, unlike uh, unlike McDavid, you can put the two together. I couldn't. <laughs> well, there's there's not many guys who can uh, who can do what McDavid does. Absolutely. Right? Like, as a player who played at a fairly high level, like when you watch someone like that, do you you probably have more of an appreciation because you're like, well, I was a pretty good skater, you know, in in the grand scheme of the world, I'm a pretty good skater. But then you see what McDavid does, and it's like he's in the best of the best, and he's still a rung or two higher than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean to to see what he does on a nightly bait on a nightly basis is just unbelievable. Like his edges, like what he does, and to I mean you have, you almost have to play the game. I mean even if you don't, you understand it. But when you actually play the game and see what he does, I mean. Most people can't do that. No, like most, like most, they can't. Really good hockey players yes. can't use their edges as you talked about, exactly. Like that, right? Exactly. Like it, it is. It's freakish in a complimentary manner that he's able to be that much better at something that everyone else who's elite practices and can't do. Exactly. I mean, when when it comes to playing, especially in the NHL, you got guys. Your level is right there. Right, and so many guys are similar, and some are just a little bit better. But he's just leaps and bounds better than everybody else. 
So being a defensive guy, like who are the players that like when you played in Saskatchewan, who are who are you who are you watching? Like who are you a fan of hockey? Wendell Clark. Oh yeah. He's down the road thirty five uh thirty five minutes away in Carlton, oh, right? Okay, so he was the guy Yeah, he was unbelievable. And and back then and he played defense. Yes. Yeah. It was it was funny because I get to watch him all the time and not even thinking for myself that I would ever get there. Just watching him play and whenever they needed a goal he would just grab the puck and go through the whole team. Sometimes he would even skate backwards through some of the guys and do turns. In, in junior. In, in junior and yeah. even before that. He was, he was just that unbelievable too. And then you throw the toughness factor in there. I mean, yeah, he was a gem. Uh, Barry Nykar is our guest today on uh, Who Is It uh, Wednesday. Uh, very unique. Uh, it's a great story for for people who you know, hockey's a late developing sport. Uh, Barry played uh, junior A uh, hockey in the in the SJHL and uh, had some uh, some full ride NCAA scholarships to Vermont. Um, then at the time, you know, he says, "Hey, looking back, I probably should have taken it in the uh, in the summer of uh, 1998." Uh, went to university, wasn't his thing. Uh, then he did, played a grand total of nine hockey games over a span of 89, 90. Didn't even play in 1991. At least you know at any high level or anything was playing like were you just playing like beer league yeah pretty much just playing beer league yeah just playing beer league <laughs> for the Wadena Wildcats actually. the Wadena Wildcat. <laughs> yeah. oh man were you responsible for bringing beer after the game how'd that work uh, sometimes I had to actually they were gracious enough to uh, to pay for my plane rides because I was I was still I needed hours for my private pilot's license so I was actually flying from Edmonton I would get a plane from International Airport and I would fly to Adina, land at the airport, play a game. Come get on. It, yeah, get it the next day you're and then fly, fly you're back. Ch- you're chartering in to play in with That is amazing. So, yeah, it was a good time. So we had, the question was asked, there's 20% of people think they could land a plane. And I always kind of chuckle. I'm like, maybe if like there was an experienced pilot beside you and he walks you through, you know, if you can listen, you probably have a chance. Um, you took your, your, your pilot's license. How, like, what's the hardest part of learning how to fly? Yeah, the hardest part would be landing. I mean, taking off when you you get full throttle, you I mean just pretty steady. I mean, obviously the wind or a side wind will throw you off for a bit, but landing for sure because you got to know exactly your, your your stall speeds and you got to know the wind direction. You always got to go into wind. So there's, there's there's a bunch of factors, and if you don't know that, you're just gonna keep pulling up, pulling up, and then you're gonna end up stalling. Okay, um, you got your pilot's license. I haven't flown since uh, I proposed to to my wife, Candace, who 20, I twenty seven years ago. Who, who actually, uh, Candace uh, went to. She's from Beaumont. Um, uh, we went to school together, and I yep. remember when when I ran into, I hadn't seen her in, in a long time, and uh, and that's the first time I met you. Yes, exactly. And uh, and Candace is a beauty, and uh, so twenty seven years. What when you got married? It's like okay, we're getting married, but you can't fly. Was that part of the agreement or what? Well, I uh, <laughs> I actually I actually proposed to her and uh, took her to Cooking Lake. Actually, took her up and oh, and, Cooking and, Lake, yeah, buddy. I proposed. love the Cooking Lake yeah. airport. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the last time you flown. And that was the last time I I I flown. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, well, then you started playing hockey and then life gets in the way and it's not something you just can do as a hobby. Yeah, yeah. You better have a lot of money if you're going to do that. <laughs> Touche. cuz yeah, so so she was she was along for the ride when you were playing in England. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. She uh, deserved. Was it Wednesday? I always like the uh the career paths and journeys uh, and how guys uh g- gals get uh uh, to the pro level, and uh, Barry Nykar's, uh journey was definitely uh, very different than uh, than most. It's uh, rare when you play nine games over a span of three years. 
um, after you're done junior hockey and then uh, still end up paying pl- pro for over uh, 13 years in the American League, the NHL, the IHL, and then, of course, uh, finishing his career uh, in England, in uh, in Europe for uh, for four seasons, uh, you know it's you know you you look back on it, Barry, and it was funny how you said like I play you know for for anybody out there from Rama, Saskatchewan, as as Barry says, if you blink you'll miss it. So it's a very small place, uh, youngest of nine kids, uh, the seventh uh, boy in the family of nine, and so you, you, your family played hockey, but really didn't really have any kind of understanding of what hockey was. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. Uh, a lot of the older brothers didn't even play a whole lot. They were more into broom ball and curling and stuff like that. And then, like, my three closest brothers in age, they played hockey. And were actually great skaters, too. Okay. And so did any of them play junior A? or nope. did, No. You're, nope. So you... How no, was it for you then when, um, like, how'd you even, how'd you even find yourself, uh, in Weyburn with the Red Wings, uh, back in, uh, in the mid eighties? How did that come about? Like who, who scouted you to even go there? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't even recollect how I got there. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To be honest with you, it was such a long time ago, but... uh... Yeah, it was just one of those things. Uh, that just ended up playing there. Was it um, was it nerve wracking? All you moving away from home as a young kid, or is that okay for you? Yeah, no, I was okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of a homebody, but uh, I was okay with it. Now, Weyburn, I don't know at the time because I've been to Weyburn. Now, this of course is in the um, this would be in the in the mid nineties, uh, late nineties, and uh, when I was working in the oil field for premium oil field inspection. And we're in Weyburn, and we went in. I don't even remember the name of the bar. I just remember going into a bar, and their dance floor, no joke, was a boxing ring. They had a boxing ring, and that was their dance floor. Well, guess, of course, what happened, you know, at certain times of the night. Um, when you were in Weyburn, and I don't know if you're, well, you maybe snuck in or not, but was, did, was there a bar with a boxing ring in it? Has it been that long? Actually, it's been that long, but I, I've never been in that bar. You've never been yeah, in that bar? No, okay. No. So, um, but that's, that's probably a good thing, though. Yeah. That's still, honestly, I remember walking in, I was like, 
This is amazing, but also this might be the dumbest idea I've ever seen in a bar. Because it was, it was like I'm like I I would if there was if there was PlayAlberta.ca back then I would have put my <laughs> house on the line that of course there's going to be a fight here later on today. Because the guys like hey let's get in the ring let's see who tough we are and I'm sure that's what happened. But it's, uh, funny enough, the one of the tilts was two girls actually, so that kind of <laughs> made it even uh, more funny. Now, so you spent a lot of time in hockey. Um, University wasn't for you taking your pilot's license. Uh, now you're working in engineering. So tell me kind of how did, how did you make the transition post hockey to get into the workforce? Yeah. So I retired in, uh, in 2003 and then I started out as a, an operator in oil and gas field. So operating gas wells, uh, pump jacks, stuff like that. Uh, did that for 12, 12, 13 years. And then I got into consulting and then the opportunity uh, came up with race engineering and operating for an operations manager position. And I got that one three years ago. So you're an opera. What's an operations manager at rice engineering do? Uh, just uh, a little bit of everything. Just uh, the general operations. Uh, we're a water disposal company. Okay. So we, uh, we basically, uh, put, uh, produce water, uh, down our wells. Hmm. And you like it? Yeah. It's lots of fun. How it, actually? How like, are you a huge hockey fan? Like are you a huge sports fan? Do you watch a lot? How would you rank yourself as a, as a hockey fan now? Uh, first year when I when it came out of hockey, I didn't watch anything. I wanted nothing to do with hockey. And then after that, I uh, just became one of the biggest fans, especially with the Oilers. It just don't miss a game. Just love the game, and, and even about, like, all the other teams as well. Yeah, it's so. When you look at the orders lineup, if if you got to put on your GM hat, what do you feel like? What's what would be your number one need to address between now and next Friday for the Edmonton orders? Well, that's a very good question, but uh, I mean, I know everybody's talking about defense and and the third line, uh, which which they'll probably do, but uh, fourth line. I, I've said probably four or five years ago to my friends, they need that fourth line with some. Big guys, just some big character guys are going to go out and punish. And in, in my opinion, I think if they get, if they had a fourth line that, that really went out and banged and crashed and the odd fight once in a while, I mean, I, I think it would be a little bit different. I can't argue with you when I like I've watched yours. I've really focused. You look at the the teams, and you know, obviously Vegas. You look at what Tampa Bay did when when they won. They ha- Edmonton has the elite skill. I don't think there's any question Absolutely about that, right? And, yep. Like they're on the verge of becoming only the third team to have three different guys score fifty goals in three consecutive seasons. It's only ever happened twice. The Orders did it from uh, from eighty two to eighty five when you had Messier and Gretzky and Curry and Anderson in different years doing it. And then the LA Kings did it from eighty eight, eighty nine and ninety. That's it. It's never happened before. Uh it hasn't happened since nineteen ninety where you've had a now some teams have had two guys in one year, but I'm talking three different guys ever that means you you got pretty good balance across your lineup is what I'm saying. Because you still got the other two in the lineup with McDavid and Dreisidel. So I think Edmonton's skill, we see they're scoring, that's not the problem. Um, the playoffs are a different beast. You played in the playoffs, and it's funny because I look at a lot of your play. You were a much more productive player in a lot of your playoff years, points per game, than you were. And maybe the style of player you were, as the game gets more physical, some guys are just more comfortable in that regard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you you always ramp it up, and playoffs is, is a whole new beast, and you see it all the time. I mean, take a look at Boston last year, right? And Presidents Cup, they win everything, and then they're out in the first round. Playoffs is just a different beast, as you know, and and you you need the men, like you need the guys that are the big guys. It it, it definitely helps. There's no doubt about it. it, it it's a rough game, and and like I said, guys ramp it up. 
Yeah, and like the orders, they ha- obviously you need the top end skill, but I think they have that. Like a a top six forward would be nice. I understand why people want it, but I I, mean, agree. I, I think they need to revamp two thirds of their fourth line. Yes, I agree. One hundred percent for yeah. sure. Like if if Derek Ryan is better as a winger, in my opinion, as a fourth line guy, if he's going to be there, and so even if you get a left shot center, then you could still have Derek Ryan on your right wing to take some of those face offs if need be. But I could see them. You know, revamping two, if not three other guys even on, on their fort. Now, Holloway's there, so I kind of don't mind him. So yeah, I, I, I could see some well. changes there, but it is something that uh, uh, I look at. Uh, Barry, I really appreciate the uh, the conversation today, man. I learned lots about uh, your career. Uh, continued success. Uh, say hello to your lovely wife, uh, Candice, for me, of course. I always uh, enjoy running into you, too. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Enjoy the games. Right on. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.